Well, thank you guys for leading us in worship already this morning. I hope you, like I do, love Trey Kennedy. How he says, we will stop and everything what? Stops, right? For just a minute. All the instruments stop and we're reminded that stop means stop. It ends with a P and that's it. I mean, S-T-O-P done. And today, we do stop for a minute. The Lord Jesus designed this ongoing uh, fellowship around his table to be a moment of stopping. Because it's not that we don't remember him every day. It's not that we forget him the rest of our lives. But there are moments when we need to stop and look and taste, and break, and remember. And so that's what we're here to do today. It's an important ceremony. It's not just a ceremony. It's an important time together around the table that Jesus has given us. I'll show you a picture on the screen for just a moment. This is a picture uh, from 2000. Maybe it's not going to be, but uh, a picture from 2000. Um, There was a time when we had Lord's Supper during COVID. Do you remember that? Do you remember all the bottles lined up um, outside under the, the portico here? We had bottles of grape juice. We had saltine crackers, any brand we could get. Ingalls brand, Kroger brand. We even sunk to Aldi brand. Uh, we, we, went, we went to get anything we could get, and it was hard to find. It was COVID, right? You were all at home, and it was the, the first few weeks of the COVID outbreak. Literally, when the streets were clear, and I would drive back and forth to work every day, and uh, when I got there, uh, there would be no cars on the road. The stop signs were clear. You didn't have to, well, you should, but you didn't have to stop even. I mean, uh, nobody was coming out. And we decided amongst ourselves, we're going we're gonna to have the Lord's Supper the best way we can. And so we set up grape juice out under the portico, and you drove through, and got your bottles and got your crackers, and then by way of um, the internet, by way of video, together we shared the Lord's Supper. Not in person, not around a physical table, but it was that important to this body of believers that we follow the command that Jesus had left for us, that we do this perpetually until he comes, and that we will do it again with him anew in his kingdom one day. I think the picture is there now, maybe, if we can show that picture of, there it is. Disregard the unshapeliness of your pastor. Uh, but, <laughs> but it was important, wasn't it? Why is this so important to do? Why, why does this matter so much to believers? It matters for several reasons. We're going to go over those in just a moment. We're going to look together at Matthew 26, In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, these are the two places, not the only two, but two of the places that the Bible describes for us the last supper of Jesus and his disciples. Matthew 26, and we'll start in verse 20, and we'll skip down to verse 26. If this is, if you don't have a Bible with you, this will be on the screen, and if you don't have a Bible in your lives... We don't want anyone leaving here today without a good, reliable copy of God's Word. And so you'll see those on your way out on a table. You take that if you need one, no cost to you, just to give from our heart to yours. 
Matthew 26, verse 20. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. This was uh, nearing the crucifixion of Jesus, nearing the time when he would be handed over to the authorities that would lead to his crucifixion. And he gathered the disciples at a pre-planned place. Everything was planned in the, in the scheme of the Savior. He had it all set up, and they arrived there, and it was a, a warm atmosphere around a, a table of breaking bread together. They were reclining at table. Don't miss that today as you come into this place, that this is not just a, a regimented process we go through. The Lord Jesus desired earnestly, the Bible says, to do this with his disciples, and they're reclining there as those who are familiar with each other. We're familiar today with each other in that way. And by the blood of Jesus, we are familiar with him as our brother and with God as our father. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And then I want you to move with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to start in verse 23. These words also will be <clears throat> on the screen if you need them. This is the Apostle Paul teaching much, not much later, but teaching at a later time about the Lord's Supper. And here's what he says. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. <clears throat> In remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes why is this so important for us to remember today it's important for three reasons at least it's important because Jesus gave us a gift we had no right to have look what he does here he takes the bread this is a powerful moment if you can imagine the Lord Jesus knowing what lies ahead knowing what is meant for his body to be broken in such a way, to be nailed to a cross and hanged there until he was dead, to have a soldier's spear pierce his side and blood and water come flowing out, to be whipped and scourged and mocked and scorned, to be hung there between two thieves. And in that moment, with all that on his mind, he takes that bread, which rep represents his body, and he gives thanks or blesses it and he breaks it and then what does he do he gives it to each one he puts it into their hands this is a this is a strange moment this is a a, a, a powerful moment when the lord jesus prophetically does in advance what's going to happen here in just a few days he places the bread he places his body into their 
hands. This is something special. This is something they shouldn't have had. Jesus' life was designed uh, to to be, his earthly life was designed to be a, a gift from the very beginning. When he was born, the angel appeared to his father, Joseph, and and said, you're going to call his name Jesus. You know why? For he's going to save his people from their sins. It was a gift to them. It's a gift to us today, a precious gift. My son Jackson started driving not long ago, six, seven months ago. And I remember he had been driving with us with his learner's permit. The day came when he got his driver's license. We came home. And guess what he wanted to do? Take a nap, right? You just, just, just rest a little. No, he wanted to drive. I mean, he wanted to go. He said, Dad, can I, can I take a drive? We had to take the keys out of my pocket, and I had to hand them to Jackson to go for a drive on his own. I mean, all these years, I had been the one guarding him and keeping him safe. It had been me behind the wheel. Uh, The precious cargo was mine to care for, but in an instant, I was trusting it to him. And you better believe that in that moment that there was a pause as those keys swung between us and that the grip on my hand was pretty tight, not because of my car, not because of my insurance, but because of him. I was trusting something precious to me, to someone else. It's, it doesn't make sense when we do that sometimes. It's a hard handoff to make. And the Lord Jesus, I want you to imagine him in this moment taking that body of his and handing it to the disciples. Something that, that wasn't theirs to have. Something that ought to have belonged to the Lord himself continually he says i'm going to give this to you it's something precious it's something purposed i wonder if he didn't pause for a moment thinking of the pain thinking of what was coming thinking of what it meant as he made this handoff there's a sense in which jesus does the same thing to you and me today there's a sense in which he places into our hands his body for the breaking And so in a moment, as you take this, I want you to remember, as maybe it comes apart in your hands, or maybe it is crushed beneath the weight of your body, the part that we share in the breaking of the body of Jesus. We can never forget that. As we remember, remember, remember the works of his hands, the day he saved me, that we'll never be the same, It was only possible because there was a body to break. And it was a body of the precious Son of God. He gave us a gift we had no right to have, but he gave us, he paid a cost rather. Jesus paid a cost that we could never pay. He uses a word here that shows us how high the price of our salvation was. And the word is poured out. And what this means, even in our language, but in the original language as well, It means to flow forth, to shed at quantity or at volume. Uh, It it means to empty. And in the Old Testament, they would have what they called a drink offering that was poured out. 
And the measurement of a drink offering was often a hen, H-I-N, a, a large quantity or multiple hens of, 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 of this type of juice that would be poured out over the altar of God, emptied. It, it would have flooded forth into that altar. When Jesus says this, when he says, this is my blood of the covenant, the promise that I'm making, the, the bond, the relationship of salvation is going to be anchored in my blood, it's going, to, it's going to be poured out. It's something precious, your blood. You can't spare much of it, can you? Jesus said, it's going to be poured, it's going to be shed forth at volume for the, for the forgiveness of sins. You know, I love Cracker Barrel. And I was there yesterday. You know, the Lord is present with us on Sundays, but the rest of the week, he's at Cracker Barrel. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but it is a special place, and they have these things called biscuit beignets. Anybody tasted the biscuit beignets at Cracker Barrel? Somebody has right in the back? That's my hero. They have... Um, the little, little biscuits dusted with um, little donuts almost, dusted with sugar. They come with a little dipping sauce, maple and sugary, and just super saturated with hot sugar. It's just incredible stuff. And you take the biscuit beignets, you dip them into this special sauce. But they only bring you a tiny little bit. The other day, I, when we were there, I said, you know, could I have a little to-go thing of this to take home with me. And in all seriousness, not, she wasn't joking, she wasn't kidding. She said, we don't just hand that stuff out. <laughs> I said, all right, I guess, no, I guess the answer is no. It's valuable, right? It's precious. I mean, I, I suppose. I mean, they, they don't have a lot of it. They can't spare much of it. They don't want it going home with folks. You need to eat it right there because for some reason, maybe it's costly the ingredients. And when something is precious to us, when something is scarce to us, we withhold it, don't we? We, 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 we don't just send that home with folks. We don't just pour our, our blood out on the ground for, for people. We can't do without that and still have life. And so what Jesus is saying, when he says this short, simple sentence this is the blood of my covenant which is poured out for many. It can just come off the tongue and float away if we're not careful to, to think for just a moment that the Lord Jesus was saying right then, my life is forfeit for you. I'm going to pour forth my life at volume. It's going to flood out to bring salvation. This blood of Jesus is a precious blood. And believe me, he knew that those around his table had no hope of ever paying their debt of sin when their only hope of salvation was found flowing in his own veins. Guess what? He did not withhold it. He poured it out for you and me. Is that important for us to remember? You better believe it. Is that important for us to line up grape juice bottles and visit eight different stores to find what we need and to set up out here for you to 
at risk, leave your home during a pandemic and drive through and get it and go home and fellowship with the Lord Jesus over his table to remember his death, you better believe it's important. It's important that we're here today doing the same thing. It wasn't just those around Jesus' table who had no hope of paying their sin debt. It is those here today around this table who have no hope of paying your sin debt. What were you then? Hopeless. When Jesus said, hold on. I'm going to pour this out. But lastly, Jesus gave us a story that we never stopped telling. We're reminded of the Corinthian letter that as often as we do this, we're not only remembering that we're proclaiming. We're proclaiming something amongst ourselves. I'm proclaiming something to you. You're proclaiming something to, to me and to one another. We're proclaiming something to the world. We're proclaiming something to heaven. We're proclaiming the Lord's death until what? Until he comes. And so there's a sense in which we're proclaiming also his return. But we proclaim the Lord's death. What a strange thing to proclaim, don't you think? He died. I mean, do we really proclaim stuff like that? I've learned at Poplar Springs on a football weekend when Georgia loses, not to come in here teasing about football. It does not work out well for me. On a Sunday morning, y'all will either be here wearing all your red. I see some out there right now. You'll be wearing your red because Georgia won. Or you'll be dragging out your grief clothes, right? You're mourning black. I mean, it's, it's sorrow. You don't tease about things like that. We're not big on losses, are we? I mean, we, we don't care to, to rehash these times when things don't go our way. So why in the world would we proclaim the death of our king, the demise of our Savior, the end of our Redeemer? Why would we over and over again gather around the table to remember that his body broke and that his blood was poured out? That's not something people do, but we do. And we do it because that was the means of our salvation, wasn't it? I mean, that, this is what granted us forgiveness from sin. Jesus lived a perfect life, and, and, and we, we got to wear the righteousness that he lived. And he lived a perfect life, and he got to hang there, clothed in the sin, not just the sinfulness, but the very sin. He became the very sin that we owed a debt for until it was nailed to the cross. We proclaim it. The story of Jesus' death is the story of the unimaginable love of God. That's unimaginable. That's why the Bible speaks of his indescribable gift, God's indescribable gift. It's unthinkable that this would happen. And so this tells the story of the love of God. It tells the story of rescue, of our deliverance, of our redemption. It tells the story of new and everlasting life. We're able to proclaim today that Jesus saves, that his body took what we deserve, and that we now have what he earned. That's beautiful. 
Ephesians chapter 1 says this, In Him we have redemption. We're proclaiming that today to the world, to all who would listen. In Him, in Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. His blood, our trespasses. It doesn't make sense. That's worth proclaiming. It's worth remembering. It's important for us to remember that today. So that's what we're going to do. That's why it's important for us to remember the death of the Lord Jesus. And so in just a moment, we're going to do that together. Let me give you a few instructions as we do this a little differently. I'm going to ask you today, if you will, to come forward <clears throat> and to take with you the bread and the cup back to your seats. And so in each section, if you will exit to your left and then loop around and re-enter on your right, same here and same over here. Exit to your left, enter to your right. <clears throat> we'll go by row, and so you don't have to stand the whole time. You can wait until it's kind of your time to stand up, and you can do that. If you have someone near you who needs help, uh, who's a senior adult or who has limitations of some kind, would you consider offering to bring theirs back to them and just help them in that way? If you choose to abstain today, that's okay. This is for those who have placed saving faith in Jesus Christ. And if that's not you today, with all kindness and, and generosity toward you, let me say this is for those who have. Now, in this very moment, in just a moment, we're going to have a time of personal prayer. You can pray to receive Christ. You can have new life today. So that's who this is for. If you have kids today, uh, you use your best judgment, mom and dad, on uh, if it's time for them to participate in this or not. And I want you to have freedom in this this morning. There's no pattern or program. There's no pre-established design that we're going to be watching you to see if you do it right. Uh, you take this back to your seat. You take it when you're ready. You pray as long as you want. You kneel on the floor and pray if you want to. If you've got your family with you, you want to gather around, pray together, receive it together. If you've got someone next to you, you just want to have a word of prayer with, it's, it's absolute freedom to do as you please, okay? You take this in your time uh, and do it in a way that honors the Lord, okay? Um, lastly, um, we, have, we have cups left over. If you will, stack them up, pass them down, stack them in the corner here. When it's over, they have a basket right here and a basket in the lobby that you can put those cups in. That would help us a, a lot if you would just uh, help us to do that. And lastly, the Bible places an emphasis on examining ourselves before we do this. Here's what the Bible says. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. And it admonishes us to examine ourselves and then take it. And so today, if there's unrepented sin in your life, you need to repent of that before you come. We'll have a time for that in just a moment. If, if there's unresolved business you need to do with the Lord, you need to deal with that. If there's somebody you need to forgive in your life, or if there's something you need to mend and that you have the power to do, maybe you commit in your heart before you take this that you're going to make every effort under God to, do, to be upright and to do what's right in that relationship. Examine yourself. 
that we not come in an unworthy manner and be guilty concerning this, okay? So I'm going to read for us what we're remembering today. And then I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to, a personal preparation. You pray the same, you pray along with me if you will. <clears throat> and then we'll receive the elements together. And when they had come to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they cast lots to divide his garments. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until, <clears throat> until the ninth hour. That would have been starting at about, around 12 o'clock, noontime. There was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why would God forsake his son? Because in that moment, what did he become? Our sin. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Look, behold, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, wait, let us see if Elijah will come to take him down. This was a, a, a mockery almost. Let's see. Uh, let, let's see if this guy is who he said he is. Verse 37. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That which separated us from God was removed. Heaven did it. It came from top to bottom. It was, the, the way was open for salvation. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the Son of God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we hardly feel worthy to utter the words we've said here today to receive these elements that you put before us. And Lord, without you, Jesus, we are hopelessly unworthy forever. But thanks be to God, you have given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so today we do this in obedience to your command. We do this because we love you. We do this because we need to remember. And so, Father, for myself, I come before you with a heart of repentance today. I know my sin. And I submit it to you asking, Father, I would confess that, repent of it, that you would cleanse me and wash me from all unrighteousness, that you would forgive me in this moment and make these unworthy hands ready to receive what you have given to me. I pray if there's any grievous way in me, any, any unknown sin, any hidden fault, Lord, that you would reveal that to me, that you would show it to me, 
that I would be honest in, in giving that to you to be covered with the blood of Christ and in turning from it to be delivered out of it. I ask that today. And Father, in these moments of worship that we go into now, would you please do something in our hearts? Let this not be just a ceremony or a ritual, but Holy Spirit, with each man or woman, with each gathered family, with each husband and wife, I pray you would be right present, right in the midst of them, speaking into their hearts, Lord, and helping us to remember in a way that changes us, that glorifies you. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. It is an unspeakable gift. He is an unspeakable gift. But Father, we praise you that that is your character to love us that dearly when we did not deserve it. And we pray this today in his very name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you come?